Hey, everybody. Welcome to Real Chills. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Meg. And this is the episode right before we take a break for summertime. Yeah, Real Chill Shiver. Heck yeah. I don't know about you, but I have been needing a vacation from being locked up in my house. So <laughs> I'm ready to be out in the world again. And we're going to take some time, but we have a great shiver episode to share with you with one of our friends returning. You're listening to Real Chills. With my guests. Alyssa Truskowski. Nate Jones. Hello, Nate. Hello. Do I now? Yeah, come on okay, in. Okay, hi. Hello, hello. How no. it's very funny because it's like uh I don't know how to what how to to talk about this stuff because I have such like genuine feelings about it. Mm-hmm. but I feel weird sure. being like genuine <laughs> with feelings about something. It's like, no, like this has to be a bit, right? It's like, I don't know. This might be the only thing I take seriously. So. These ideas are for like for wussies, like get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. It's it. like, I, I don't have time to explain to you why everything you believe is wrong. Like I don't, like, I have my own takes and you're going to need at least it's like 45 minutes for you to give and start about why I think this is interesting. <laughs> Just for some context, Meg and I were kind of just chatting about how we we're going to close out the season. And you reached out to say that you have some things that you've been reading that you wanted to share and you were like excited to talk about. So we're pumped to have you. Yeah. Well, well, because if I was even trying to have like a normal conversation about what I was doing today with my roommate and he even had like this look on his face. It's like, so how are you going to I don't even know where to start. I'm like, I can't. The point is, is I don't want to lose friends. So I figured I can come to someone who I can talk to about this. Okay. You just talk to your weird friends. Yeah. You're well, like, we barely consider each other friends. Nate. I'm, <laughs> I'm upset. No, well, it's just like, I, I can't have like, even trying to explain this stuff to my girlfriend. She's just like, okay, like really, I, I have to like, we have to like slow down. It's like, well, I talk too you- fast. You kind of did the, that to me because I looked into this stuff that we're going to be talking about today, which we're going to reveal in a minute. And then I just started feverishly texting Dan. Like, yeah. whoa, this is he's like, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what is this? Like, this, this doesn't mean anything to anybody. It's just bring yeah, this I, thought virus full circle back to this trio. Yes. And then let's spread it from here through the podcast. Yes, let's do it. This feels like, this reminds, I had a bit. I was working on where it was like, what if flat flat earthers are right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't mean anything. I still have to pay <laughs> taxes. Like it doesn't yeah. change. Yeah, anything. True. You know what though? I want my money back from NASA. If there is a flat Earth and they have yeah. not figured it out, I think that we deserve our money back. Another. Oh no, dude! I feel like they should just get the next like industrial light and magic special or whatever they need like they've been crushing it if they've been faking it i want so badly for hollow earth to exist flat earth and like hollow earth is where i I yeah i want to live and i want time to be slower there i want the moon to be hollow i think that's funnier it is funnier i agree the earth being hollow kind of makes me feel like insecure 
It's like the one thing that it's like the one thing I have confidence in. It's like at least the ground is totally here, right? Like I can walk on it. I don't have any doubts about the ground. You dig a hole, you end up on the other side of the earth. Yeah, I don't want to think about that, dude. It's like I would rather just have confidence that it's 100% a rock in the sky. Like that makes me Mm. feel better. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But the moon being hollow is funny because... Cause it's like, uh, it's like a, you know, it's, it looks like a, it's like a donut thing. You know, it's like, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. I have suspicions about the moon, but let's <laughs> talk about what you're here to talk about, which is your reading list. You've got some summer reads I to recommend. Yeah, I did. Well, and that's just because I, I, I bit them off of other people, but they're very fascinating. So I, I read it its entirety. The UFO experience, a scientific inquiry by Jay Allen Hynek. And then uh, I, I'm halfway through another book by by Joe Fisher called Siren Calls for Hungry Ghosts, which, uh, well, the first one seems kind of self-explanatory about what it's about. This one's about uh, channelers, uh, spirit guides, and um, what what the effect had on him personally, kind of like a, a Keel-esque, Mothman-esque style yeah. book. So it was really good. And what, for me, it, the, the thing that you, you come to is almost like, well, all right, well, I already believe this stuff, right? Like, I mm-hmm. already think it, it's not a matter of if it's real or not. It's the next question is like, wh- why, why is it? <laughs> like, why does it do what it does? Uh, how, like, what's, what purposes does it have? Does it have its own intent? It's all like the next questions. Like people, we, it's true. Like we, we get kind of really hung up on proving it's real that we kind of feel like we missed the point of it. Yeah, that's what, because um, I listened to the Astonishing Legends podcast. Shout out, those guys are really smart. That's kind yeah. of what they really harped on was like, once you get past the, okay, maybe this is a thing that happens. Like, why? Why is it doing that? What is doing it? Is it actually yeah. a spirit or is it a different entity? What could it be? And like, what do they get out of it? Which I never considered. So like, what are these entities or spirits getting from stringing us along and also do they have like their own rules so i thought that was crazy yeah which which is funny to me and this is where i think those two books this is why i wanted to get something off my chest they kind of go hand in hand with me because what j allen hynek's whole point of j allen hynek was the astrophysicist who was on project blue book there was like a a tv show about him. there's there's documentaries he's classically skeptic turned believer and had alternate you know ever what's the word evolving theories on what he thinks the experience is. So this was his first book mm-hmm. and the whole purpose of it is how do you find and make empirical evidence out of something like this? Like it, it happens infrequently. It mostly on eyewitness testimony and you have the factors of like so many human factors. So how do you, extrapolate useful information. Ooh, sorry. Holy shit. There we go. Hands are going again. Can I curse? Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. You better fucking believe you. Can curse. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to like, I'm gearing myself up for a rant. I can feel it coming. Like it's, <laughs> I'm here but, for it, but that's the, the purpose is then. And so with what Joe Fisher did in siren calls is he kind of went the next few questions. Right. And what happened with him is when he tried to empirically prove the existence of whatever he was talking to in these books, in this book, uh, it also 
left more questions than answers. So they they go like step by step and they're then they both kind of remind me what happens on Skinwalker Ranch, which was they tried for years to get hard evidence on the existence of these things and failed. So that that's why I think it goes hand in hand, Meg Meg. You were wondering why I thought that before. That's exactly why is because looking for the empirical stuff, you move past that and then move past to the what what the next questions are why like the the purposes of that yeah i see what you're saying now we're both is like that search for empirical evidence for joe fisher and the ghost book he actually had some instances where things aligned in a in a little way but then like mm. bigger picture things weren't adding up for example like there was a a person that came through and they gave all these details about being like an airman, uh, airman in London, and they got everything right but the name. And then mm. when he pushed to be like, "Why is the? Why would you get the person? If this is you in a past life, why would your name be the thing you got wrong?" And then the entity or the ghost, whatever it was, was like kind of like wishy-washy with him. It mm. was like there's just things you don't understand, basically. And he got really frustrated because he he kept coming really close to getting evidence that I think would be scientifically like acceptable in the in the scientific community but then right at that last minute it didn't work meg you're gonna strangle me i'm just so the audience says i'm holding a post-it note up to the camera but my background filter is fucking with it it just says we will talk about hellier oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not talking about hellier well that's but... it's the same thing meg it goes back to that same well, let's hold off on that let's hold off on that let's take this like a little chunk at a time because i'm really invested in the conversation about the siren call for hungry ghosts i i haven't held a digital or like physical copy of this book in my hands but is it set up did you ever take like an anthropology class or have to read an anthropology book like mm -hmm. a textbook I wonder if it's set up that way where it's like, here's the method, here's my like experience in the field, here's the data I gathered. Because in some ways, I think that's super interesting to go into like the world of mediumship uh, or of mediums and to experience that as like almost a field researcher mm -hmm. and then exploring the further why is super interesting. Just for a little bit more context, Meg was mentioning the a pilot that came through with that means in the sense of, yeah, I guess medianship is when it comes to those questions of why, and if this person could have just been making it up, that's like the first question was, it was an Australian woman in Canada who was having these uh, problems with, well, she had leukemia and they were trying to use hypnosis to like relieve her pain. And then, then later on, they tried to get um spirits to come through and then this was one of the spirits that came through one of many that came through with each their own like distinct personality and they were so distinct it immediately resolved any sort of doubts that that this person was faking it mm. so like that's like the first step and then what that's what meg's mentioning like the then he not only so he bought into the personality enough to even research it heavily because it was so hyper specific and and mm -hmm. their own sort of thing yeah. so the, the first step of like believing it's real was instantly solved for him personally. Right. So what happened was when he went to one of these meetings that was like becoming a thing that a lot of people would go to is a spirit guide came out for him. So some people they say are souls and others are entities. And if you're an entity, you're kind of better and you have this spirit guide that helps you. 
And he became quickly very emotionally attached to this spirit guide that was talking to him. The guide had said that they were lovers in the past in Greece. And, you know, he, he was really invested in the story. And in Astonishing Legends, they bring up the question of like, if this isn't necessarily a true thing and it's just an entity that maybe gets energy from doing stuff like this, like creating a backstory like that, that seems plausible helps attach the living so much harder than say, just going to see a a seance or a medium act where, where you're not involved and there's no backstory. Do you, do you remember the the differences between souls and entities, which I feel like is kind of interesting in context of what you just said. No, no, it was because they said they can make up these backstories. So souls did not have spirit guides because they were born out of lust and entities did have a spirit guide because they were pulled. They were made from the pool of knowledge. Right. So it's almost like they're kind of hinting it already. Right. Right. So it's like, Oh, if you were made from this mythic, not mythical, um, higher spiritual thing and then brought down here on earth you already have this person attached to you that seems to have that potential to make all that stuff up it's that's like it's it goes back to that next question it's like what do they what do they want and get out of this but i the reason i i i'm sorry meg if i cut you off right there no i wasn't talking (laughs) no no i mean i realized i just had like a whole thing i just said i didn't want to like interrupt the thought you got it but what makes it fascinating to me right it's not even what so I, I for me the question is like so then what do you do, right? You can't stop gathering this empirical evidence, and right. that brings me kind of back to the Heineck book where he was talking about how he the biggest thing he was was saying was these weren't properly investigated even mm-hmm. when I was doing them and it was because of something higher down they just wanted it to go away. So then how do you investigate it? And but what we were saying is when you're coming up with these conclusions of you don't know, so it's probably a weather anomaly and an X percentage of them are weather anomalies. At that point, it's weather and you should know about it, you know? Right, It's yeah. your job if you're going right. to disprove it to thoroughly disprove it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, then what, what do we do? Well, you can do like the hellier Joe Fisher out of trying to figure out their motives, which has its own thing, or you can take it this other way which is you figure out what it's not, right? Sure. You just have to always, hmm. like the, the most we can do is just figure out what it's not. It's not something normal. It's not something easily not recreated. Weather. Yeah. And it's not something made by liars. It's not, you can, you, can, you can figure out to a good percentage of confidence of it's something weird. Like you can definitely say right. if it's weird or not. Right. One of the things that I think is so compelling is in the span of time, these are people going through an academic research process, maybe without like the academy's tools of structured hypothesis, citing sources, all that stuff. But one thing I always think about is the purpose of like academia. This was explained, I don't know, when I was in college as a ploy to get me to take graduate classes, I'm sure. But (laughs) it was like to help build, um, not to use a phrase that means something else in the context of this book, but to build that pool of knowledge we have and to create new starting points Mm -hmm. for inquiry that could help further inquiry. Right. So like John, like so much of what we see now 
can be built off of the backs of like John Keel, like Hellier mm-hmm. without John Keel would not be Hellier. And in the same way, I think what you're saying is that like all of these people who are doing work to rule out what it's not, or to at least be able to disprove what things are disprovable. Mm-hmm. And then like what still remains right. that gives us new starting points to move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think, I guess that's what goes back to then we're we're really trying to narrow down or find like differences like the idea between the differences between like an out-of-body experience a ghost and like a trickster in the paranormal thing where it's like something that's just out there to cause havoc it's you i just wonder like what what steps do you take to help you help you're trying to categorize something that one, we're having a hard time even proving exists, right? So that it's like, so how are we even confident in, in making those rules? And I, I just, I have no idea. Or how do we find those rules? Like, how are we confident in salt circles or right. the ley lines or whatever, whatever other reason that people are just like, well, that's pretty crazy. So I wonder how, like, what, what, what steps do you take then? And that's what Astonishing Legends, I'm just going to keep dropping them credit because they're great. It's amazing. They, um, that's what they've done twice to me now where I've been listening and they've been like, ghost rules are just rules we made up. Yeah. Like, that's wild to me. And it's the same idea. Like, basically the part of the, what I listened to that really, really is going to stick with me was the fact that it's possible that this other plane has its own set of rules. Like maybe the reason they can't tell everyone that it's great on the other side is because it would affect the balance of life and death. If everyone knew that there was another plane and you could just die and be in an easier painless void, a lot more people would probably try to get there. You know what I mean? And I was like, it just, the thought that there's rules they have to follow even on this other plane, kind of like, cause my biggest question with like people who have died, especially people who are like believe in the paranormal is like, why don't we tell each other? Why don't we yeah. come back? And that was my biggest argument for the fact that maybe there isn't an afterlife. And it's like, Oh, maybe, you know, maybe there isn't a rule and there just isn't an afterlife or maybe there is a rule and there's a reason you can't tell your loved ones when you go back. You know? I wonder if it's like a rule or if it's whatever that is, is physics. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, I can't break the rule or else my something. It's just like they physically can't like you that like the, the reason there's always like an uncanny valley to something like this. Right. Like and this is what makes it difficult for people to wrap their heads around. It's like sometimes when you see something it could look very normal, but you just have like a gut feeling something's off. Right. right? Like that's, it's, what was my point with this? It's like, that's the thing that's hard for people to explain, wrap their heads around. Like, but, but maybe that's the physics of it, right? Like that's the physics of the thing is like, it's not that, you know, if we, if a literal red flag went up for every person that was giving off a red flag, it's almost like too much, you know, like, so maybe (laughs) it's because they physically can't, if they could, they would, you know? So I wonder if it's rules or just new laws of physics that we don't understand or, or probably never will. And that's the other thing. I don't think we're ever going to find, we're never in our lifetime going to have a satisfying answer to this stuff. 
which is what makes it so compelling, right? But I think that's the point of it. The point is we will never find it. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it. Those are its rules. The rules for that or the physics of it are you will always get too close for comfort, but never definitive. Right. Like even the best piece of empirical evidence is probably that Patterson-Gimlin film for Bigfoot, right? And the reason that it was probably even allowed to get filmed, the only thing for allowed to get filmed is because it knew that everyone would think it's a hoax, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> like maybe that's the point of it. Or maybe there's a reason why crazier things, more physical things happen to more unreliable people. Like maybe it picks that because it, it knows that it won't be believed. Like there's, it just, it knows how to push a boundary right up into the point of, of getting caught. It's like, Big old tease. Pretty funny. It's hilarious, honestly. Like, it's kind of cool. (laughs) It's like getting away with Ding Dong Ditch every single time. It's amazing. Mm. Like, and you wonder, it's like, well, what's this get out of this? I'm like, well, I would think it's hilarious, but that's like, (laughs) does it even have a sense of humor? Who cares? Like, like but it does it. Or maybe it gets something physical out of us. Maybe it feeds off of an energy we don't understand. That was the part that I thought was interesting is like, what are they actually trying to do here? Like, what are these spirits that are sticking around? Like, what are their goals? Like, are well, they- the same thing with aliens. Like, they show themselves and they can't get recorded. Like, all of Skinwalker Ranch. Like, that was the whole point. Right. Like, maybe that's, it's the same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Where it, it won't, it will never get caught. It will never get caught. So, like, we, you just keep trying and figuring out what it's not. So, it, that's what makes it- yeah. Figure out what it's not. Yeah. Because that's the only thing you can do, right? There's other things that we can do potentially that... So you had said, just to go back a minute, you had said like people have these beliefs and like what purpose, salt circles, ley lines, things Mm -hmm. like that. And I think people have the power to control their own minds, right? They can Mm -hmm. like harness their perception and intuition and use that as ways to like as a, basically they can build their own framework to see things out of, instead of just having like a bunch of chaos and like some framework, right? Like they Mm. can be really intentional about it. And I think that part is maybe the other piece of it because maybe it is something like, you know, maybe there is no way to connect to people or souls or whatever on the other side, but maybe it's like, we are just able to tap into our own intuition or perception or, or like human knowledge. And then mm-hmm. we like construct that. And that's what we see on this side. And maybe there isn't anything on the other side for that. You know what I mean? Or maybe even, it lays the breadcrumbs so that we can have a broader picture of what's but possible. Even then, like that, that totally breaks what we can, what we perceive as physics, right? Like if there's another sense to us that's physically here, but we can't tell with the other five, then that's, that's still something crazy that we should figure out how to do. And then maybe that, who knows what it is, but even then, then maybe with the, you know, like in Dragon Ball Z, how they all like did the spirit bomb, like where they all like <laughs> gave up a little bit of themselves to make one big thing. It's like, mm-hmm. maybe then we can psychically make an afterlife with it. Like, I'm just, it, that's not something I think or believe, but I don't even know what that means at this point in my life after all this. <laughs> right. But I think what I'm really asking for is public funding for parapsychology. That's yeah. what I want. Right. He has senators. one spirit box and he needs a second one. I need please. a second one. <laughs> but, but, back, but even back to that, where it's like, well, we're not even trying to run 
like this, this, not the scientific method, the scientific method through these things in a genuine way, right? Like if we think like the closest one is whatever most it's mostly stuff we don't know about but i guess like skinwalker ranch just to bring that one back up again that's the most Mm -hmm. it's the famous one that's the one that had the most money and and funding behind it for recently so they they took the lessons from that and they figured out that what what did they figure out it's not they figured out that it's not is something that they that isn't naturally made because they went Mm -hmm. through all the tests of figuring out if there was stuff in the soil if there was you know weird animals around and then they figured out that it won't get caught easily so it means like it has it's real to them the walking away from it trying to prove is it real or not the evidence is the fact that there's no evidence but everyone walked away believing that it's real Mm -hmm. right so you can take that and then what's the next layer of scientific method that you can throw on top of that right so it's testing humans like do our feelings something you can manipulate mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. john keel talked about that zone of fear right and then years later we we find out this sounds like conspiratory theory but like there's crowd dispersing devices with use low frequencies to cause mm-hmm. like panic and anxiety right sure. mm-hmm. so it's like well maybe that's something natural that we can figure out or you know like you can figure out what it's not Maybe you can figure out that all feelings of dread and paranoia have something to do with electromagnetic fields and where you are in the earth, mm-hmm. right? Like there's, there's or how close you are out. to the breaker box in your house. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, 100%. Like, mm-hmm. like you could, there's, there's the next things and you're only going to find like pieces at a time. Mm-hmm. But even like there was um, another guy, I think he was interviewed on Astonishing Legends. He focused specifically on instant instant death ghosts or ghosts that like the, the the specific phenomena of waking up or seeing a ghost when somebody just dies and you wouldn't know about it right mm-hmm. like he specifically like researched that and he came to conclusions of like it happens in these circumstances this way and it manifests itself that so he found he found rules for that specific thing so I'm like all right well i guess now i got to try stuff with this like there's it's it's all weird wiggity stuff but there i feel like there is ways to make it move forward and become more conscious knowledge what i think is exciting is that as much as there is stuff that is disproven in both of these examples there's almost as much that is unexplainable not proven to be ghost or paranormal but just unable just like weird unexplainable things you know what i mean yeah and well and this was one of j allen hynek's big things going back to like testing the human experience right is that he was like you're gonna you can't tell me all these people without histories of psychosis that they're having one psychosis at this exact time and like three other people had the same one four miles away. Like you right. can't like, let's the, 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 sometimes it's like the skeptical viewpoint is just as ridiculous as the other possibility because it's, it's simpler because if you don't accept that, or if you don't accept that skeptical viewpoint, it leaves so many more questions that you are not ready to ask yourself and think about yet. Cause it'll just, 
compel you to not talk to people and then send frantic messages on Facebook to Meg to come and talk to people. (laughs) (laughs) It's what it compels you because it's like, well then, yeah. So you try and I guess like for that thing, right? So I think what's interesting with Joe Fisher is he had a very specific experience with it and he almost found out the rules for that phenomenon. So then I wonder, it's just moving that on. Like, so what do you take from those lessons? And what's sad is that, trigger warning, I'm going to talk about suicide, is that towards the end, he did, after his the book was written, he did commit suicide. But I don't think it was related to his findings, though he was really disappointed. He couldn't fully prove the stuff he was experiencing. Like, he just, it was just like, he had fallen on hard times. But it just yeah. kind of adds to, like, the mystery of this story. You know, like he figured out what, what actually happens. I don't know. Well, it, it seems like what it, whatever it was, it preyed on his vulnerabilities. Yeah, for sure. And it seemed to prey on everyone's like uh, specific. It wasn't. So Alyssa, they would have these group sessions on Friday nights and uh, this tiny Australian woman would put into a trance and then her spear guide would come up and then mm-hmm kind of just, you know, shoot the shit and then others would come out. And specifically with, with, um, oh my God, Joe, Joe Fisher. I was about to say Robert Keel. I had no, that was, those are two, that's not a name. Um, nope. But Joe Fisher, his was a specifically one that targeted on his love life. Well, mm-hmm. uh, others would net probably be like a maternal, uh, a, a, like a brother one, mm-hmm. uh, like other, other kinds of relationships. Yeah. So with him, there was, there was, he had a, another reporter friend who commented, um, after his death and he was, he said how he, I think the quote was, so if I'm misquoting it, oh, I'm sorry, but he was like, Joe would always fall in love, but he would never stay in love. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it was. Yeah. So I, you wonder, not that it had, I'm kind of moving on from the, 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 the triggering thing, but like, you wonder, like it, it really ripped open his flaws, you know, like it really got into whatever he, at least he thought he needed, or at least it seemed that he needed and, and just ruin him for it. Yeah. Yeah. So, but it's not, not that the, the spirits, did that or whatever could tell him to do that but you you definitely you now notice now now you just you just know what like how this this guy could have been just i don't know manipulated or or like what what is big inner inner problem is like something like like the thing that you work six years for therapy with and you're like oh that's the thing maybe yeah like mm-hmm. it feels like we we saw that thing in him be taken advantage and an important thing to note with the medium in this case the australian lady it's pretty agreed upon that this wasn't her being like a con woman like everyone who talks about this or does research on this has come to the conclusion that they don't know what's going on, whether what, like what scenario caused this to happen. But when she would be the different spirit guide, she'd have different accents. She'd have like knowledge of geography that she shouldn't know. She would, I think at one point she spoke in a different language a little bit, but she sounded more Turkish than Grecian, which the spirit guide was Grecian. So like they were calling her out, but at the same time she was doing things that made it, and, and during this, she wasn't awake. She would like 
go to sleep like hypnotist and then the spirit guides would come through. Hmm. So that's why we're so focused on the what is it and not is this real? Because a lot of people agree that she was just as weirded out and a lot of weird things went down that made her kind of uncomfortable um, to the point where it was like, okay, so whatever's happening, she's not orchestrating this. She's involved the same way other people are. And the the other compelling piece of evidence, there's two other things, which is she seemed to not care until she felt grossed out, which is interesting. Yeah. And the other thing is it would predict, because it started with therapeutic things to to help relieve pain for leukemia. And her spirit guide would tell her something like that would physically change in her, like a white blood cell count. And then it would go and get it tested and it would be correct. Mm -hmm. So it, it definitely has like a luring effect i guess like then i i'm then i think we should talk about or i'm just gonna say it what what do you think let's just have fun with what do you think are is out there do you think there are a multitude of different things do they all come from the same place do you think any of them are evil do you think any of them are good does it even matter do they have their own intentions I thought you were going to bring up Hellier, so I'm very relieved that her neg <laughs> like suck her teeth. I heard it. Oh my god! Well, I, I, I mean, we, we're coming back to it, but yeah, go ahead, Meg. You go first. Hellier first uh, perspective. Um, I don't know. I That's the- <sighs> grew up in a very Catholic background, so my instinct is that there's good, bad in between. Just like people, mm-hmm. I think there's. I don't know. I think there's definitely malevolent things out there that are intentionally trying to either suck energy, you know, like, you know, when you're having a bad day and you just feel like something is draining you, I feel like maybe things will attach to you when you have negative. You're talking about like first year open micers. (laughs) Yeah. Every first year open micer is a malevolent entity. It's a psychic vampire. But then I also think maybe there's some people that don't know they're sucking energy. Like maybe they passed on and they can't, go for whatever reason second year open micers yeah second year (laughs) and then there's the ones that are good doing good spirit guides you know warning of things is kind of like guardian angels and you know i don't know it could change next week if i hear something i like better but (laughs) yeah it's that's kind of where i land i think it's just like the world i think i think some of the things don't even know what they're doing honestly Mm -hmm. it's not as black and white but I do think there's bad guys and I think there's good guys too. Interesting. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references, but... Each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. strap in okay Okay. so i'm a really big proponent and i'm really coming around to some more of these ideas around like how much human potential psychic abilities 
plays a part in terms of, okay, so I'm, I, we've talked about this before. I like started exploring witchcraft as an intentional practice over the mm-hmm. pandemic. And I love it. It's great for me to like help uh, my mindset and stuff like that. But one of the things that I've learned about is that a lot of people, regardless of where you stand personally, in terms of like people who worship deities and pantheons and how real that is for them as a person or as an external figure, there is also a perception that like they're all archetypes or just figure stand-ins that our brains and our cultures have like set together to help us like make sense of things, Mm -hmm. right? So that like in one idea, like, you know, the gods exist because we make them exist in our heads, but they're really just like ideas, right? Mm So I'm into that. I'm also, I would like to believe that there is an element of cryptids that could be different and still could be held separate from aliens. I do understand the subscription to like the Bigfoot and fae creatures and aliens are all kind of from the same thing. But I'm also into the idea that like, maybe there's just some like cool ass primates that are just doing their thing. Like that Mm. would be really like, fine to keep that separate and interesting to me. I also think about this thing that George Bruderman said on our podcast um, and other things where our ability to engage in technology as people could also be messing with time. So George has this thought about like, we accidentally became humans accidentally became our own ancient aliens by accidentally time traveling. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 So like, there's just kind of those types of things where I'm like, I think that there could be multiple things. Like if it all flattens into one thing, like (laughs) I'm on board, but I'm also okay with the idea that they, there could be separate tangents. Right. Can I, I think that's such a funny idea for one specific reason. And it's not, and it's not disrespectful, but I think it's, it's such a human thing, specifically, like I could see me doing this where it's like you, I accidentally try and travel myself back to one of the places. I'm like, I don't know anything, but I know to make this giant fucking triangle. Yeah. And and that would be like the only thing I'd be good for. Like that would be it. You'd be like, I'm in Egypt. Where's that like cat statue guy? Yeah, and they'd yeah. be like, what? Like, and you're oh, like, oh, it's I, like this. And it's, it draw. looks like this. You yeah, like classic. <laughs> oh I think God. that's our pilot. Right? Oh yeah. We go back in time and become our own ancient aliens. I love it. We're our own ancient aliens. Um, that's a time cop thing. Yeah. What about you, Nate? What do you think right now in this moment? Because I know it could change. I I think for me, I was always like, well, there's probably good, bad. And I think there's just these weird in between self-serving things. And then I get mad at myself because I'm like, well, if I put them into D and D categories, I'm already assuming too much. (laughs) So I constantly go back and forth between, I think I have somewhat of a grasp on it. And what the fuck do you actually know? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't believe you even have the confidence to think that like that's, Mm -hmm. it's crazy to me to think that I can have any idea about it, Mm -hmm. but there's, um, and on that same podcast episode involving the Joe Fisher book, uh, they had a guest, Richard Haddam, who was the screenwriter for the Mothman prophecies. He did the the conversion. He's and awesome. He's, he's very fascinating. And he, um, he goes like, why should it be any less complicated on the other side? Right. Uh, it's, we, I feel like we always come across the assumption of whatever abyss we're staring into it's collectively staring back Mm -hmm. or it's not. And 
I don't think it's entirely true either way because no matter what, they all seem to follow the rules. Like they all have the same out of bounds lanes. And I find that interesting and I don't know why. So it, it, I also feel like if something is showing itself, right. Or claiming to help you in a, in a way that it approaches you. I don't trust it. I don't trust anything that's, that's just giving out help like that. Cause yeah. I feel like a good thing, a truly good thing does like the, if I do my job, well, he won't know a damn thing. Cause that's kind of the whole point. The whole right. point is to live a good life without maybe worrying about the afterlife. Like, so maybe like that's, that's the part of it too. So it, it, I find myself in this simultaneous place of, um, it's like how I feel about sharks where I'm like, I find it very fascinating. I respect you, but please like, I, I don't just don't, I just, mm, if you're coming up to me, I don't like it. <laughs> like, like I, I don't, I don't trust that thing. That's just deciding to put itself in my life. Yeah. Hey, I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, you say your thing first. Mine is a complete tangent. I'd be oh. really curious. I think one of the challenges that we might have is if I remember correctly, we all grew up Catholic. So we mm-hmm. have a very like Americanized Christian sensibility to like how to approach these things. Whereas, so I'm reading a book on Korean mythology and mm-hmm. I follow this person who's a Korean shaman and I've just been like learning. I'm just interested and curious. And I know for some other cultures, you know, their relationship to spirits and things like that are different where, you know, the spirits do get something out of their participation by going through like priestesses and mediums and things like that. Um, They get some kind of benefit and it is um, not consensual. What am I trying to say? It's like mutually beneficial in some ways. It's capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) It's spiritual capitalism. Like it makes sense. Like it, it kind of also... It, it makes sense to me. Like, I, it's just like, of course, of course that would kind of make do that over there. Like why, why else would anybody do anything nice to be nice? That's ridiculous. Like, like, but I also think though, like that there could be an exchange of like help and support, but on with like, um, like a, with an understanding, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't oh, have to yeah. be like, they get something very specific out of it so much as like, to to go to hellier there's the recognition so that their story their energy whatever gets to live on because they're like still venerated or whatever mm-hmm. right they're still in the conversation it's why famous haunted houses continue to stay haunted maybe right like that sort of thing like if it's getting investigated all the time and people are still finding stuff it might just be because people are looking for stuff you know like that's the exchange yeah 100 100 percent one hundred percent, Meg. What do you feel about tulpas? I'm curious about because you seem not to like the hellier thing, and I'm trying to figure out where you stand on something like this. What? What does tulpas and hellier have to do with each other? Okay, it's just it's more of um. <laughs> Meg hasn't watched the second half of season one nor the whole I season two. I couldn't get through the first season. It was so. But that so that's the boring. point, Meg. <laughs> it was so boring. It was yes. That's so, the point. I get it. I get that's the point that the paranormal is boring, but literally do I was, that 
riveted. I make a one hour documentary of the cool stuff. Give me the highlights, baby. I don't need to watch you sit in the woods for fucking 15. Oops. Yeah, I can curse for 15 minutes. <laughs> nothing. We got to find you a nothing. super cut on YouTube is what we got to do. Yeah. Like, when you played softball, character. when you played softball, did your dad go, how was your game? Or did he go, just tell me the highlights. He wanted the highlights. He wasn't there and he wanted me to know. He wanted to know the one thing I did good. No, 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 no. Not even, no, because that, no, the game's highlights. What? That's my point. It's like, ah, it's like the whole thing. You need the whole thing to make no. it like meaningful and more powerful. Poor point, Nate. I don't agree. Yeah, maybe I not. Think- that was, I probably could use a better analogy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm being mean to you. I'm just very defensive about Hellier, I guess. I, um, no, I, be- I just like, I understand the need to include some of that to show the reality of paranormal investigation and also to show how true this is, like, and how sort of the, the way it works. Like, I did think it was interesting the way people, they were like networking with each other and calling around and stuff. But at the end of the day, like the things they got excited about seemed so minuscule to me. And like, even the thought of what is it where everything is connected? the universal theory what's it called where you're like synchronicity synchronicity yeah synchronicity once you are aware of the word synchronicities you're gonna find them for the rest of your life as soon as i found out what that word was mm. i've been catching them and it's not because the whole world is full of goblins it's because you're looking for it but there's just awareness your mind comes to an awareness but that goes into the did you um either of you ever see like jacques filet's ted talks tedx talks so he was talking about the, the next, the new physics, like what physics should evolve into. And his opening point was, and this is him trying to explain synchronicities, right? So it's like, maybe like, maybe the synchronicity isn't paranormal as much as it is a new normal we don't understand or something like that. Yeah. So like it, it, it's again, nailing down one aspect of the thing, right? But his first point was, for the three axis, X, Y, and Z, you can go forward and backward. The only one that doesn't is the fourth one, which is time. So we're t- he had this theory about maybe your present thoughts affect uh, like your, your future, basically. Sure. So putting that out there may make it come back to you at some point. Like, for instance, we're going to a Phillies game tomorrow, uh, me and my girlfriend, and my birthday is this week. And the she didn't, I picked the section. Uh, we got four tickets. And the one I ended up, the end up I'm gonna use, she sent it to me, is uh, 612, my birthday, right? Whoa. Yeah. So that's like, I think that's a synchronicity. She bought a birthday gift for me, and I'm getting a, a direct reminder of, of that, right? So uh-huh. that day in mind, it's not, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean necessarily there's like a foreign thing pulling the strings. It could just be something with our brains and physics. Yeah. And so I think and those I, are important though. I do want to say that I have a lot of bad takes. I don't like Fiona Apple. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't like Calder. And I've been, I've been shamed for both of those opinions and I will die on that shame. You know what I mean? Like, I understand that I, I have like a, I'm a ghost adventures lover. I'm like the reason paranormal stuff sucks. <laughs> but I just I want them to meet me there. Just, just like, uh, just 
give me something to care about it. And I heard season two is better. Alyssa said season two is where it really picks up. So. It's, it, um, it definitely gets weirder. It, um, it proves that thing where you almost have to meet it in the middle or else sure. it's going to drive you off the edge of the, off the edge of the world. It's very fascinating. It's, it's funny to watch and I like it. And, um, but it looks like Greg Newkirk really took that first season really hard. And the second one, he looks like pretty. Oh, really? The Obama just, aged. Yeah. Yeah, okay. he did. And I think it's the beard. Well, Greg, looks, sorry it, it's, if you ever hear yeah, that. Yeah, it's very fascinating. And that's think, part of the experience, though. Yeah, and I think what you're saying, just to go back to synchronicities, again, like, I think it's one of those things, like, it helps us make decisions, right? Or it helps us, like, affirm our choices or mm. gives us, like, these signals, whether because we have attention that we're paying to it, like, it, it draws that out or... Mm you know, or there is something mystical happening. I think like, it's exciting to feel like, oh, this is like a signal or this is like a memory, even if it's just a little bit of instinct that just like, you know, coming back into the mix. Also, this is like a wild side note that I've just been holding on to for a while and there's no good place to say it, but I've really started buying into the idea of a collective unconscious. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Made me a nicer person. Because I, I see everyone and everything is like also part of me. So every time I see like a negative thing happen to another person, I'm like, ooh, that's going to hurt us later. <laughs> like I really don't <laughs> want anything bad to happen to anybody because it's just more work we're all going to have to do later. So, and then the other thing is that I hope that in my future life, I listen to the, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, that Meg is so cool. And then it'd be like, I'm you, this is awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So those are my thoughts on that, but it has helped me to be like, kind of like, you know, a nicer person, just like hoping for the best. I don't know. It's weird. See, like, that's what makes me think that stuff's real, right? Like if we're all feeding into something, we're going to pull out something as well. Like it, it, like I'm stuck on this idea of like, um, visualization or like people meditating and getting that specific outcome that they want. Mm -hmm. And that's not even, and people don't even view that necessarily as a paranormal or wiggity thing, right? Like hall of fame, baseball player, Wade Boggs used to do intense visualizations every night. Same thing with like these guys and they weren't doing it because they thought like, Oh, I'm contacting this, this higher entity. And it's going to maybe some of them, I don't know. I'm not their friends, but like they come back down, but then you know he's like one of the greatest hitters of all time you know like it, it, there's something to it to the point where it, it's it has to be real or consistent in some way i don't know i don't it is no i agree with you with this though it's yeah. weird because i'm very negative a lot and um i complain about a lot of things And I've started trying to turn that around and not preemptively worry. I'm the type of person that it could be Saturday afternoon and then I'll realize I have to work on Monday and I'll Mm. already be like, work is going to suck. And then Dan is just like, what if you were just here right now and not doing that? Yes. Because it makes work suck. And then like the other night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And. 
I was driving home from a show and I started to say, I'm not going to find a spot. And then it was Dan. So I was like, I'm going to get a spot right in front of the house. And he's like, good for you. Like, you know what I mean? Like trying to like reinforce that positive attitude. And I was like, I am, I'm going to get a spot. I'm going to get a spot. And lo and behold, when I got home, there was a parking spot, not just like around the corner in the front of my goddamn house. I love this. I have a similar thing. Happens That never dude. Psychically projecting the South Philly parking spot is the most useful thing. I made it happen for myself. It was beautiful. I had a, I had a similar thing where I got a a great A spot and uh, I had to go uh, drop, run an errand. And it was like two spots wide. And I'm like, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get a spot. I'm going to get a spot. I'm going to get two spots. I'm going to get two spots right next to each other. Right (laughs) like that. And then um, I let one thought creep in, which was like, but if I don't, it's okay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're going to get it. And I drove by the same exact place. I was like, I'm going to get that spot. There was no, it got filled up the next block, two spots on either side, like one spot on either side of the street. So I got two spots in a good place, but not Mm -hmm. like the exact way I want it. And I'm like, well, maybe that's, maybe that's like the lesson. (laughs) It it comes back in some way, not the way you want it or expect it. And maybe that's the like, maybe that's one of the rules, you know, like, yeah. I think as a, somebody who loves self-help professional development, all that shit, I think the other part about visualization or like manifesting is like, it's both, right. It's like figuring out how to work with yourself so that you can make conscious and unconscious changes, Mm -hmm. whether it's like relaxing more, like not feeling like the time is passing or making like an impulsive choice to make a turn where you shouldn't just be like going in the order that you want to go or mm. whatever. And so I like that there, I like that there's like potentially rational explanations and like irrational or more abstract explanations and that mm. they both can coexist together for people, because I think that it ultimately doesn't matter. It's just about like how you feel right. about how you approach it. Well, that goes back to the seeking for empirical stuff, right? Where it's like, well, we, we know what it's not. And we're never going to know fully what it is because that's kind of, it's going to have to be somewhere in the middle mm-hmm. and you know, you can chip your way. We're going to just keep chipping the way forward, but mm-hmm. it's never, it, it's always going to be something in the middle. It's always mm-hmm. going to be something unknowable. And I think that's what makes it not only fun to theorize, but it's, I also find it very comforting in the sense where it's like, Oh, I have no, I'm never going to know, never going to know. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. Because that feels like <laughs> so much work, you know, like to know it all. Then no, it's uh, never going to happen. Yeah. It's like I, I've come to like an acceptance and even just like in a, in a bigger spiritual way, you know, where it's like, I'm not, um, I find comfort in it, not, not knowing it because, but I, I know it's out there. So it just made me a lot more comfortable with like my mortality. Sure, I'm, like, yeah. like, I'm not gonna I'm never gonna know I have no idea so but at least I know it's there like for me I've, I find comfort in knowing like I think there's something I'm gonna do once right I yeah I guess I die yeah that's the right word a death like <laughs> but yeah that, so I it's nice then to just poke questions and um Try and make, you not try and make contact with it, but just some, meet it somewhere and try to experience it. And I always think that's fun. And that's not fun, but it's, God, also it puts like so much perspective. It's like, oh, like 
like right now I'm cranky because I'm sweaty. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then I'm also like, yeah, you're going to be sweaty for five minutes, which isn't even like a percent of your life. Like <laughs> also there's a guy in space and he doesn't give a shit <laughs> and you're so much <laughs> less important than him. And you should just like relax about being sweaty because it's really not that big of a deal because you're such like, I kind of like bully myself into comfort. <laughs> it's like, right, get over it sort of, yeah. Yeah, saying, oh my God, dude. So it makes me enjoy life more. Like yeah. all this is so much more fun. Like getting to talk right. about this, as much as it gets me worked up, I find it like enjoyable. And I'm like, oh, I have no idea what it's going to be, but like, like let's, let's. Yeah. Oh. I have a question I've been dying to ask you. Me or Meg? No, you, Nate. Oh, okay. I ask Meg all the questions all the time. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. Meg's, Meg's, Meg's answered all my questions so far. <laughs> what do you think about the U.S. disclosure of UFOs? Oh. Did I say UFOs? I meant UFOs. I just. No, was, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Or you, what are they called? UAVs? UAPs? UA, UA, Unidentified UA's. aerial phenomenon? Oh, yeah. UAPs. I don't know why I said that was vehicles. Mm-hmm. VHS um, tapes. <laughs> I think, well, I just think it's part of like that collective unconscious thing. Like we're at a point, I don't know. And this is where I fall. I think like if the U.S. had had stuff, it was ready to, to uh, it's known the whole time. I don't feel like that's true. I feel like just because of the nature of the thing, a file would got have misplaced. You know, like I feel like it's somewhere in between government incompetence, the, the thing not wanting to be caught until it's like ready to be understood. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these things are only, what, like 15 years old. Yeah. Right. So if the story broke then, it wouldn't have made a big splash. It kind of just been like, I feel like, well, that's weird. And then uh, it gets to this point where the idea is acceptable to a- enough people so like people wouldn't freak out in 2004 because they, they didn't think it would be real. And in 2017, people wouldn't freak out because um, they're like, yeah, whatever. We kind of knew this thing is out there, right? Like mm-hmm. we all kind of had an idea. Yeah. So it's almost like the exact reaction. It kind of wants to, I feel like it, it's partially it being like, I'm going to make the most minimum impact possible. Now, I also think it's, like from like a like a reality based standpoint, it's like I wonder if it's like a psyopy thing where it's mm-hmm. like they're using it to fuck with the Chinese and the Russians or whoever, or like it's very you get exactly what you want and you still don't trust it, and that's like the <laughs> bullshit. That's this. the government in general. Well, yeah, yeah, but I feel like it's just finding out this stuff. You're like, oh, I want it to give me a name. It gives you a fake name. You know, like you get the thing you want. It's not what you want, but now you have four more questions and you're angry. Like you, there's, that's why I feel like, like you can't, I don't think for me, it's, it's so impossible for it to be not real because it's, there's so much of it that has happened and it is a thing, but I, it will, ah. I just don't. It's just not going to be not make a difference. It's just not going to mean anything. Like the only time it would mean something is if you straight up had like a Pentagon member going, uh, Bob was right, you know, and Bob Lazar was right. And Lockheed Martin has a thing. But I also feel like if they have these things, they just have no idea what the fuck to do with them. So it no. doesn't even matter. Like if they have a piece of a UFO, they're like, yeah, it, it kind of floats. 
and it's it it it's pretty clean we don't know what it is like, that's that's it like i like that's it we i don't know like I, do you so, all like your wi-fi stop asking questions yeah i don't even think it's i don't i don't even think it's that i just feel like they've had if they've had like a piece of something from roswell all this time they still have no fucking clue what to do with it they just don't know it's just not i feel like and again that's part of it where if it would give you a, a crumb even a big crumb to a big player like the gov like a united states military Mm-hmm. won't give you anything that you can actually fucking use like it would never do that yeah. whatever it is yeah so that's uh, so i'm like it's hard to think of it as a whole and in individualistic things at the same time so it's i don't know i just don't think i don't think it matters i don't think it's ever i mean holy shit you had like harry reed and the phoenix lights in 97 and it's just like well whatever you know like it doesn't it won't change anything besides maybe getting us thinking differently about our place in the universe. So, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't really think anything of it because I don't think it's going to mean anything. Once if, if they come out with straight up nuts and bolts shit, it's just not going to mean anything. <laughs> like it's just not like the CIA released the things like, yeah, we are trying to like remote viewing and all this other shit. And everyone's like, well, that's trippy. It doesn't mean anything like that's And that's probably the shit I'm more interested in. But unless they have like a full on thing in a shed, no one's going to give a shit. It's not mm. going to matter. But I don't think that whatever it is would ever let that happen. And that's my point. It's like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I had this wild thought because I read. I read a study about how to best provide educational resources to customers for my day job. So I was reading this and it was like saying like, what has the most impact versus what requires the most resources to educate your customers on whatever topic you want to do and how it's like in-person like things has a low impact and it costs a lot of money and it's like too many resources Mm -hmm. to make it perfect to deliver like nothing. Right. Versus like something like um, a pre-recorded on-demand thing can like educate thousands of customers like yeah, over yeah. time, whatever. It has a high impact and costs less. And I was like, I wonder if aliens are real. And then secondly, if aliens are real, do they do these like cost benefit analyses? Because physically coming to earth makes no financial sense. Yeah. Like send a, send a drone. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. So we're like, that's why send, I don't think it's nuts and bolts. That's why or I send think it's, your mind, yeah, like do yeah. a psychic thing. So thinking in this way also has been ruining my childlike wonder and belief about the nuts and bolts of aliens. Sure. Oh, oh man. I, but I think, uh, see, it doesn't for me though, because you still have the close encounter spectrum with physical evidence left on the ground. You know, there are people who have physical things that happen to them. Like the nuts and bolts theory, I don't think is, is, and let me be specific when I say that, because I don't know, that's, that could be, I don't think that physically they traveled through space to get where we are like here physically, where we are around the sun. Yeah. Basically you don't think they traveled through space and time to go to Wisconsin. Go to Wisconsin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that it, again, 
it doesn't necessarily pick people, but people are just more preemptive for some brain reason or, or place reason, or again, like a combination of itty bitty reasons that we need to pick apart and figure out why that they see something that is then physical and can be there. Like, it's almost like, I feel like, um, it's like that dumb thing where it's like, this is a microphone because we all see it's a microphone and touch it as a microphone. So if it was psychically projected there by some point, if, if it's strong enough of a connection, it will stay because we see it, we touch it, we feel it. So mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, well, I think that that's the thing. It's like, if Lockheed Martin has a piece of it, it's because it was the only piece that everyone could agree was the physical piece and like a very dumb stonery brain kind of way. So it's like, that's why I think it makes, to me, it makes nuts and bolts way more interesting because it's like, well then, then it, because it becomes psychic becomes the physical, right? Yeah. Like, so then it, then it becomes science again, you know, like it's, or, or one of the ways we understand science. Is this making sense? Yeah, absolutely. I will point out that we're three sweaty podcasters. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in no, our it's room, crazy though, how, like, like talking conspiracy theories. And I was just like, this is the future I promised my childhood self. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm slowly turning to like Glenn Danzing with like a widow's peak right here. <laughs> the one reason I use a Yeti microphone is because you can mute it. So I've been muting and fanning myself with this fan. Shout out, uh... as always, to Nicole Phoenix. Oh, of course. Me about the purse church fan. It's uh-huh. it's perfection. Oh yeah. No, I can't do it, and it's because of toxic masculinity. <laughs> Ruins everything. A, to be quite frank, you, yeah, you no, don't have a Yeti microphone. You have a much nicer one. Well, I thought. Well, on when I were cooking up some stuff, so we're trying to trying to get Ooh, something off the ground. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, it's gonna this hopefully. Is- yeah. This is wild, by the way. I'm so glad that you're here to talk about this. I do feel like we need to take a moment because I don't know if you listened to the most recent one, everybody, but I feel like we should tip our hats to last podcast because I'm extra prepared to think about these types of things. In their most recent episode, they talk about gnomes, but they do talk about the universal idea of one phenomenon doing many things, doing Mm -hmm. many jobs, being the Bigfoot, being a ghost, being this or that, and then like fucking with humans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's super interesting. So if anyone on here wants to hear more, I definitely recommend the Goblin episode of Last Podcast as just like a fun moment. Um, if you're not already tired of this talk after listening to the podcast that you two recommended, can Astonishing you Astonishing Legends. Yeah. You gotta go. Go to Astonishing Le- Legends. What is the name of the book again? Oh, Siren Call. Call for Hungry Ghosts. For Hungry Ghosts. That's the episode. It's a two-parter and uh, very interesting. Very good. Please go, go listen to that for sure. And, and yeah, the, it's even, I, I even recommend doing Nuts and Bolts into psychical stuff if you're interested because i feel like that's the important thing it's like the foundation the foundation is is like well we, it's not this and then that's uh, uh that's that's so I, I would say the hudson valley triangle first before the mm. mm-hmm. got it got it i think the skinwalker ranch like there's a bunch of podcasts who've covered it and those episodes mm-hmm. are also just like super compelling interesting and kind of gives a foundation for just like how many people can approach the same thing, come up with nothing, but still come up with so much. 
Right. That's the one that flipped me on a lot of that stuff because it's just the fact that like you sent, yeah, so, so little, so much. I guess I'm just talking in circles now. I just wanted to hear it. It sounds really good in these headphones and I don't get to hear it too often. <laughs> it sounds great. I will say that Meg sent me uh, a meme today that kind of blew my mind and changed my life. I was Ooh. wondering if you were going to talk about it if we had time, but yeah, let's talk about it. Do you want to, Meg, please tell everybody because it blew my mind. <laughs> okay, let me get it. So this is a tweet by Kevin Vibert and his Twitter handle is at Vibert Kevin. And he tweeted, just heard a conspiracy theory that the Loch Ness Monster is actually the ghost of an ancient dinosaur. And since it affects nothing and nobody, I've decided to believe it as a tweet. <laughs> How have I never in my awesome. whole damn life thought of the Loch Ness Monster being a ghost of a dinosaur? It's I'm a so mad ghost. at myself. I love oh, it. I feel yeah. like that was with us from the last podcast episode where they tried to exercise the lake. But I didn't get the sense that it was like a like a ghost in the way we think of like ghosts of dead people just walking around. I thought they when they were describing it in there, the approach was more it's like a spirit of the lake mm. as opposed to being right. like, hey, I'm dead. And now just like uh, a copy of my like energy is just kind of like duding around, you know? Well, even the Loch Ness Monster's only been a thing for the, since the almost 100 years. It's not that yeah. long, you know, which yeah. makes it even more interesting because you still have people seeing it, which yeah, is. Yeah. So it makes you one like because I feel like when I'm coming down on this is where I'm split between. So I'm split between two big things. I'm going back to what do I believe now? Because I think I've finally kind of wrapped my head around it. It's either one giant jokester guy is the only things we see mm -hmm. or because a lot of the, the rules that's what makes it make sense or it is slightly different variations of um itself right? or, or just like a hundred like like everything is real and it's very true to itself like mm. it, like all the lore about it is true so uh, this make my brain hurt and, I and maybe it's both yeah i don't know i think like i'm having a heat stroke from thinking <laughs> this is a good place to wrap this was yeah. so interesting you've given us some summer reads to think about meg and i will be back with a whole new season of real chills in mid-august we're super pumped mm -hmm. nate tell us where people can find you and follow you Oh, uh, my Instagram handle is nate.c.jones. Um, it'll probably be a, a, like a me with the cat. That's the photo. Um, and then Twitter is nate underscore c underscore jones. And then I don't think I'm doing anything else. I think that's it. I think I just You're working have on projects, a, it sounds like, and you yeah, have some stuff coming down the pipe. I'm, I'm really hoping on So Alejandro and I are trying to cook up a, uh, a personality-based game show on our friendship and we're going to quiz each other on stuff we think we know about. <laughs> love it. Um, I love, okay. I, I mean, you're fine, Nate, but I love Alejandro. <laughs> roasting. I can't see Meg and it hurts. Oh, I know. You know I'm, so I'm just, look at how sweaty I am. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love you both. And I will definitely be listening to that when it comes yeah. out. And yeah, then the other thing fun. is I'm, I've been working on a, a sci-fi comedy pilot with a writing partner, like every day for a couple hours. So hopefully Ooh. there'll be more about that. 
You've been talking out. about for the last year. I'm excited. I know. To hear it's been more. a while, but yeah. it's it was just with like um, leaving, you know, shut down, starting new jobs. Like I'm finally in Philly and comfortable. Mm-hmm. So I was like, That's well, now great. I got that. The whole point of me being here was to do this. So now I have to do it. Yeah. So it's like consistently getting chipped away at the, you know, hopefully we'll have like a nice draft. Yeah. If you want to do a table reading or whatever, we would definitely sit in and give feedback. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Actually. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Or if you want to send a draft over, I'm sure, well, I can't prompt. I'm speaking for Meg and I, so sorry, Meg, we'll read it. If you send it over too, and yeah, we'll give any like notes you want. Yeah. The kind of the loosest premise I, I can tell you is like, it's Point Pleasant in South Jersey. So I mean, I feel like that is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's, I think it's really funny. That's great. That's so exciting. Yeah. Where can people find you, Meg? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Meg gets money gets spelt G O E T Z. And we'll still be posting on the real chills, TikTok, even though we're taking a break. So if you start missing us, go, go ahead and go to a real chills podcast on TikTok and you'll see us. Yeah, we have a couple of summer like moments planned to take a break on TikTok, but we have a lot of stuff coming that we're really excited for. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a uh, bad noise. I'm sorry. That's okay. That was a gross <laughs> noise that just came out. It's, the I, it's not even hard to enunciate. Hell yeah. Like yeah. it's not a hard thing to say. I still felt too lazy to go <laughs> open my lips. Everyone follow us on Instagram at Real Chills Podcast. Meg already shouted out our TikTok, Real Chills Podcast on TikTok. You can find me, Alyssa, on Alyssa Trez on Instagram and my reptiles and houseplants are variegated reticulated. Just all that. Thank you, Nate, for being here. Thank you for letting me think I knew what I was talking about until I started talking about it. That was was a nice... (laughs) That just that just checked my ego for a little bit. Feeling good about great. that. <laughs> this was great therapy processing. It was nice. Paranormal I, processing. I feel like I'm sweating out the thoughts along with the sweat. <laughs> and the skepticism. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks so much. See you in the late summer. Bye. Visit our website at realchillspodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at realchillspodcast. Do you know someone who should be on Real Chills? Is that person you? Go to realchillspodcast.com slash submit and tell us more. Special thanks to Valerie Jamamber McShane. Artwork by Libby Rondell. Music by Sam Williamson. Real Chills Podcast is produced by Meg Getz and Alyssa Truskowski. This has been a presentation of the Wasted Robot Network. For more information on this and other podcasts, visit us on Facebook and Instagram at Wasted Robot Records.